Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast. By the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact. Make yourselves heard. What's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's sake. My name is Pete Selby, and alongside me, in the car park at the King Power Stadium <laughs> of all places, it's Mr. Rob Hayes. This is how difficult it is to tie us down these days, isn't it? We are currently stood in the car park uh, at the back of the cop. Uh, trying to get away from the air conditioning and the rumblings of the King Power Stadium pre-match before the uh, Liverpool game in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, I was just talking in the press room earlier about uh, Carabao or whatever it's called and whether it's the desired energy drink of choice amongst the uh, the press guys and no one's had it and no one really wants to. I've never had a drink that sort of thing anyway. I was forced to have it once at Wembley when they sponsored the final of the League Cup before they started sponsoring it fully. Oh, so they're, they're eager. They're eager to actually. Oh, they were there. They were like, "Oh, look at us! We're sponsoring it for the next three years." And it, it was, it was all right. It was like apple aid, apple fizzy aid. apple. Well, that's why I don't drink it. Then it sounds horrible. But no, we are in the car park, so you can hear in the background. There's the, uh, I think it's the aircon or something in inside the King Power. It's making a bit of a drowning noise. There's the uh, the TV uh, bits and bobs, and that's why the sound occasionally goes in and out because, you know, we're standing with a microphone in the car park. Um, so here we are. Here we Carabao are. Carabao Cup third round against Liverpool. Liverpool part one, obviously part two in the Premier League on Saturday evening, um, and we'll have a chat yeah. about this game after the game and tag it on to the end of this podcast. If that's, you, that's if you can follow that in time, yeah, we'll do a bit now and then we'll do a bit after the actual game itself. So we don't really need to preview tonight. We don't know what the team news is at the moment. A few um, changes expected, but yes. you know, from, it, both, from both teams, and we want to try and go far in the cup and. Everyone you want you want our history in this cup you want to go far but also you know you're playing Liverpool big games on TV chance for people to state their place in the team chance for players to play get full fitness chance for people to play who haven't played as yet and it's a shame that Silva hasn't been signed because then he can't play it would have been a nice game for him to get yeah. some time under yeah. the belt but uh, but we shall see uh, I was talking to a few people like I said just a minute ago in the press room and and no one had a clue about the team, and no one had a clue about the uh, the team for Liverpool either. So I think it's going to be a bit of a surprise, and we'll see what happens. But overall, I think there's a little bit of sense of not that the season hasn't really started, but I think there's a number of sides in the Premier League where it hasn't really kicked on, hasn't really kicked off as such. You've got Manchester United and Man City, the two Manchester clubs flying at the top of the league. And I think there's still some teams feel like they're not on a pre-season, but it's not really got going. And I think Leicester's in that because when they've played against these good teams and they've lost and played okay, played well, you kind of go, okay, when's the next game? And and it's it's also because we're not bottom, because there's also some teams having a really dramatic start to the season, like Palace, like Everton, with all the money they spent, they thought they'd be doing well. Because there's teams rock bottom down there performing terribly. I'm a bit kind of... It feels like the season really hasn't started. Yeah, and the thing is, we looked at it when the fixture list first came out. We said, oh, first six games are tricky. Four of the top sides in the Premier League, two newly promoted sides, bit of a, an unknown quantity. Um, and 
unless unless we could have taken one or two more points here and there across the first six games, I don't really think that it's been a bad start to the season. Performance levels have been decent against good sides. Could and maybe should have had point a point at least against Arsenal on the first day of the season. Were wiped out by a strong Manchester United side, as everybody who's come up against them have been so far this season. Uh, you know, and, and Chelsea with an improved second half performance, we uh, we we ran them quite close and showed good performance levels. I think the only real disappointing game so far has been the one that was away at Huddersfield. But they've also started the season strongly. They're at home. It was always going to be a tough one. If you say that you're going to go away and get a point wherever you go away to, you'd be happy with it. It's just because it followed five, well four tough opening games we'll disregard the Brighton game because that was a bit of a procession Brighton weren't really weren't really here so it's kind of like we've got these six games out of the way season starts maybe tonight or maybe tonight's what, what you'd class as Leicester City's community shield and then the season starts on Saturday maybe that might be one way of looking at it because we knew the first six would be quite tough yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange start to the season. And also, I think there's a lot of clubs in the same position as is. I was speaking to a number of other podcasts to do with Liverpool mainly, obviously with the double header against them, and uh, and they were saying the same thing. It's a, a strange start to the season. And, uh, well, the, the draw against Huddersfield, I think overall it was a decent point. Against, I wasn't there, but uh, from what I saw, the highlights and listened to the game, etc., it seems to me that Huddersfield played very well. And I think... There is a little bit of an element of we should go to these teams and win. Obviously, we were the favourites, the bookies' favourites, with the champions two years ago. But you have to respect these sides. And a team like Huddersfield have started the season very well, full of energy. You'd imagine that might diminish as they go towards the winter months. But they played very, very well, and we got a point. And a point away in the Premier League is is nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah, I completely agree. I think... um... It, it, as I say, a lot of experts as well were saying it wasn't Leicester's best performance uh, of the season, but some of the better performances haven't wielded, haven't yielded any kind of points whatsoever. Obviously, they've been against against tough sides. Um, if it was Huddersfield at home, you'd have more right to be disappointed with a one-all, I think, than than Huddersfield away, based on the fact that we are very good at home traditionally, and you'd want to beat the newly promoted sides, especially at home. But a point away in the Premier League, as you say, it's it's nothing to be sniffed at. Bad miss by Vardy, or was it just hit too hard towards yeah. him? By I mean, he, did, he fizzed it across, didn't he? Yeah, but he missed the ball. <laughs> he did. You can't, you can't take away. Uh, he, he missed it. But we've got one win, one draw, and four defeats to start the season. And Vardy's already on four league goals. If we get, if we're going to start questioning the man that will undoubtedly be our top goalscorer for four individual five. chances, there, there you go. Then, I'd, yeah, I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that particular individual moment was uh, an overriding factor on the game. I think a draw was a fair a fair result. Huddersfield had one ruled out for offside that wasn't offside. Uh, well, that was extremely tight to the naked eye. So you know they could equally. It was onside. Yeah. Well, yeah, they could. They but to the naked eye in real time as as the assistant watched it, then yeah, they they could feel aggrieved as well. So you know the the kind of. The look balances itself out maybe a little bit. So it's a bit weird though if we if we lose tonight, so we're out of the cup, and then we pick up a few wins in the Premier League, so we are around the mid-table area, which we all think that we'll probably finish coming the end of the season. We we could have a very strange season where we hopefully, fingers crossed, could be relatively safe in the league because again, there's a few teams performing very you know at the end of the day. In my eyes, if you finish seventeenth. 
or 13th, there's not a lot of difference. Any higher than that, yes, you've had a good season, you've finished mid-table, but as long as you stay up, if you're going to finish in those places, I don't think there's an awful lot of difference. We could have a very strange season where, you know, you're just looking forward to the Premier League games. It could be very quiet, which I know we've said for the last few years, it'd be nice to have a quiet season, but I'll miss the drama and, uh, and, and what's going on. Now, one thing I'll say to you, and, and, and obviously you could still be riding high in the Premier League and people are going to question. Um, Craig Shakespeare. Yes, the manager of Leicester City. Yeah, That's, that's right. Um, there's been a few murmurings, and obviously there's people in the world of social media who are going to say ridiculous things. And I'm not saying that you're going to, they're ridiculous by, by questioning the manager. I question the manager. I like his substitutions. I think they're quite bold and, and, and different. One or two I might have changed, but I do like that bit of difference. To me, it's... It's a sign that he's actually he's thinking and he's doing things his own way. He's just just not going by the status quo. He's not looking at managerial 101 handbook and and following those lines. Sometimes that's not the worst thing ever. But what do you reckon about Shakespeare at the moment in in the way that he's handled this season? I think he's handled it very well. I think he's straight out of the Nigel Pearson book of I'm not giving an awful lot away to the media, which I like. I think, I think his media performance is actually very good. Yeah. Well, I thought Nigel Pearson's was as well, unless I was the person on the receiving end of some of his uh, slightly more chaotic moments. But were, were, you, were you there for that? Not that one. I was there when uh, the following one, when a journalist tried to stick up for the previous one. And it was, it was equally cringeworthy to, to an extent to an extent yeah I, I, I wasn't there I don't I don't know why because we, we were pretty much there for the whole you know we used to sit in and, and watch the press conferences then but um, so yeah, Craig, yeah no Craig Shakespeare let's be oh, honest yeah, we went off tangent a little bit yeah we we're back on Nigel Pearson chat again um, he has handled things pretty well I think considering the tough start that we've had to the season in terms of the fixture list some of his substitutions haven't quite paid off uh, whether the, the, what happened on the field was as a direct result of the substitutions or not doesn't really matter. As you say, I like the fact that he's doing things the way he wants to do things. So a few people questioning, is he a bit too negative to begin with? Um, because we're, we seem to be struggling to get into games a little bit. Um, and second-half performances have, on the whole, been better than first-half performances. Um, but also, can you blame him for being a little bit cautious in the games that we've had so far and saying, right, let's get to half-time, let's make sure that we're still in the game and then let's see what we can do second half. Is is that a negative way to look at it or is that a positive? Do you then turn that into a 45-minute game of football where more could happen? Yeah, it's, it's strange because we're still playing the the 4-4-2 and I'd have thought he might have changed it up by now and I know a lot of people have been saying let's play three at the back, five in the midfield, the wing-back formation, but to me that is a problem for someone like Riyad Mahrez because you'd have, say, a Chilwell and an Albrighton out wide and I know you can have Mahrez at the top of the pyramid at the moment but that's where you'd imagine someone like Silva might be playing Ori Bora but uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that and you never know, maybe tonight's game could be that change of formation. Silva, what a mess. What an absolute mess. Apparently... Still a mess, isn't it? Apparently, apparently we're going to sign him. Well, that's what the Mirror reported, but then the Telegraph said that he's gone back to Portugal for a bad reason. Basically, well, no, all no, that's his, his, his wife's gave birth. Yeah, yeah. All that's confirmed is he's gone back to Portugal to be with his family. Some papers have gone, oh, he's gone back to sort out his affairs and be a father and that, and while well, it's sorted out. 
but then others have gone well he's gone back to Portugal because it's dead it's dead in the water and he's not going to be a footballer until January I mean nobody really knows any more to be perfectly honest and I didn't try and steal that Kia next to us in the car park hey, if, if everyone's in proof that we're in the car park there you go what is it it's in the uh, it's a brand new Kia Sorento it's a Kia Sorento brand, it is brand new actually and it's in the pen for the TV guys it's one of the TV boys and it's just stopped there we go it, so, it could silver. be it could be whoever's doing the match tonight on Sky. It could be them. What driving a Kia? Well, you never know. It could be free. It could be a uh, sponsorship. It could be. There, there is another Kia there actually. There you go. Could other, be a... other car brands are available. Just like the Leicester players got all them sports cars. If you work for Sky Sports, you get a Kia. <laughs> Can you imagine? No thanks. Well, that's um, Super Sunday is uh, sponsored oh. by Nissan. Anyway, um, yeah. There. Well, there you go then. Um, see, that's brand new as well. They are. That's it. I figured it out. That'll be the presenters. Anyway, Silver. Yeah, it's all a bit of a mess. The, the one thing I've been asked, actually, by two different people who don't know each other, um, they're on about Leicester, and they, and they says, who would you play, and how would you play? So what I want to know is, completely off the top of the head, what formation would you play against Liverpool on Saturday, knowing that you have every player fit and available at the club? We'll do it by position, and so you can play along at home as well. Okay, and again, we obviously haven't planned this at all. So we'll start in goal. Eldon Yakupovic. <laughs> That's a good point. I wonder if he's <laughs> going to play tonight. Probably not. No, he's probably going to be Hamer, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Schmeichel obviously in goal. Yeah, Schmeichel. Um, right, defenders. So we've got everybody fit and available. Everyone is fit and available. Well, your right back is is nailed on as Simpson. Your right centre-back's nailed on as Morgan. Then you've got some area of question mark. Do you reunite Robert Huth with Wes Morgan? Do you continue Ben Chilwell's youthful bounding down the left-hand side? I would probably, because I don't think the back four have done anything particularly wrong so far, and I like Maguire, I'd drop Maguire in, uh, and I would just about keep Fuchs over Chilwell, but there's not a lot in it for me. But who do you play alongside Maguire? Morgan. Oh, right. So you're playing the standard back four. For me, I would change things. I would go with the three centre-halves. And the three centre-halves I would go for are Maguire. I would go for Morgan, who I think has been criticised unfairly. I know he was kind of caught out for the goal against Chelsea here. But again, all I saw was an amazing amount of blocks and a fantastic performance and yes, a floated ball just dipped over him by a couple of inches and onto the head of Morata, a brilliant goal. But his overall performance, I don't think, warranted major criticism. There's Jim. What's Jim? Do you know, uh, on the, uh, you know on social media, on like time hops and all that sort of thing, on like Facebook and Twitter, it came up about Jim doing the celebration when oh, we... Uh, was it with a 3-2 so against Villa? So good when he just emerged from by the side of the tunnel and just went absolutely barmy didn't he yeah for those of you who don't know Jim he's the um, supporter liaison officer or yeah and he looks after the, specifically the disa- disabled supporters yeah yeah and um, and for those of you who maybe don't know from who, d- who can't come down the ground maybe because you're abroad over in Canada we know people all around the world and uh, obviously Packer Ken um, for those of you who listen to the podcast he's the guy who did that amazing celebration behind Claudio which was caught and it was um, 
it was two years to the day like last week or something it came, came up on my timeline at work and uh, I had to press pause I had to p- press mute on my, uh, on my mic properly viral didn't it properly viral everybody saw it everyone saw it anyway he's just walked over there um, so the defence yeah I'm going to go for Maguire Morgan and another now Dragovic I'm very interested to see him play tonight hopefully he does play um, I think there's a quality player there. well there is a quality player played Champions League football signed for a lot of money by clubs he's still only 26 interesting programme notes that I've read about Dragovic there was a good interview with him in the programme and by the way the programme's really good there's a nice bit uh, from some old players in the 60s as well talking about games against uh, Liverpool the club historians sat down with him and there's about uh, five or six pages but there's an interview with Dragovic and he commented about the training about the amount that they're doing the gym here and he was very impressed with the defenders at the club he mentioned people like Wes Morgan and he said what an athlete he is and a physical presence and how much how fit he is as a footballer and he's just very impressed so he's having to do a lot more work in the gym he says in in Germany there's a lot more tactical work which hopefully he can then bring with us so I'm going to say Maguire Morgan and Huth as my three centre-halves because I think Maguire can work very well with them Maguire only two here's another quick question to you name the two ever presents for Leicester this year starting one of them is Maguire because I've just said including the cup games yep uh, ever presents or Brighton no who then Ndidi ah ok yeah. He's kind Start. of gone under the radar this season, hasn't he? You know, because he kind of he, he was under a bit of pressure to come in, in when he was signed in January, um, and he kind of hit the ground running, didn't he? he? Scored a couple of decent goals, and everyone was like, "Oh, he'll, he'll be after," or people will be after him in the summer. We won't keep hold of him for long. He's just gone about his business in a fairly, fairly steady way this season so far, hasn't he? He's not really been talked about. Obviously, there's a lot of other things going on that are slightly more uh, worth talking about than Ndidi, but he's he's just been there, hasn't he? I think he needs to work on not giving the ball away. He, he is that all-action, blood-and-thunder midfielder. Slightly ungamely in his style because of maybe his size, but I think we have to remember his age. But he needs to work on not trying to dissect the defence or trying the awkward pass, maybe just to retain a bit of possession. It's, there's, there's nothing wrong with just controlling the ball and passing it 10 yards. Danny Drinkwater got a career and a, a Premier League winner's medal out of it. Yeah, the thing is... Neither Matty James, nor Wilfred Ndidi, nor really Andy King are the kind of creatives that can put the foot on the ball and really pick out a, a telling pass. They can they can pass the ball, no doubt, and they've got good technical ability. But if you've got someone like Ndidi breaking down the play and then maybe an Adrian Silva just picking the ball up or Ndidi wins it, lays it off five yards. Silva then pulls the strings. You've got Ndidi in there as the destroyer, the, the athlete... Um, the agile one and then you've got Silver just picking it up and, and being the technical one um, I would probably think about then playing two central midfielders in Ndidi and Ibora whose job is to sit in there win balls and move the ball on well you, you've got the four back uh, you've got the back four haven't you yeah yeah so I've got four and then I've got two holding kind of always ever present in the middle not really wavering much um, and then on the you know uh, we, we won against Liverpool last time at home in the, at the King Power it was Shakespeare's first game wasn't it as manager and we absolutely, yeah. we absolutely battered them because we took the game to them so if we played this, those two to look after everything and then just let the front four pretty much go for it Mares wide 
right as part of a three-pronged attack in midfield. Grey wide left. Silver in the pocket. Vardy up top. Nice. Sounds good. For me, I've got the back three. So I'm going to have a wing back on the left in Chilwell. I'm going to have a wing back on the right in Albrighton, his natural side. And then I've got three midfielders. I'm going to have Ibora. I'm going to have Ndidi. And then the man just behind the front two. This is the most important position for me because the first, the front two are going to be Iniacho and Vardy. Okay, so I'm. Who, who's at the top of the pyramid? Who's at the top of the triangle? Now you've got three players that I haven't picked. You've got Silver. Yeah. Uh, you've got Mares, and yeah. you've got Damari Gray. And this is the problem that I think is stopping Shakespeare playing this formation. I think this is the key problem. I think Mares is the issue because Mares he can play that position, but you really want that person to be more of an attacking midfielder who can come back into a midfield three and help out if we need to play a more defensive three. Do you know what I mean? So, can it be an Abora? Yes, it can. Can it be a Silver? Yes, it can. And I think that's the person I'm going to pick. It's going to be Silver, and then Silver and Abora can either one or the other can be that person who is more attacking, depending on which is which, because we don't know with Silver. For me, he's, a, he's an out-and-out midfielder. He's a, he's a slap-bang centre midfielder. So it might be a Bora's the one who plays a bit further forward. And they can always swap, depending on, on the opposition. But that's, for me, the midfield three. Ndidi, Silva and Ibora. Two wing-backs, and then you've got the front two up front. That's what I would have, Vardy and Iniacho. And unfortunately, that means that Riyad Mahrez is not in my ideal Leicester City starting lineup. But once again, I think that's the problem that Shakespeare has. I think we would have changed formation already if... A, we had maybe one defender fully fit, and let's see what happens with Dragovic because he could that, that be the, he could be that defender. But also, it's Mares. One other issue for Shakespeare is that if he does stick to the old four four two or four four one one, whatever you want to call it, um, is that you can never have Okazaki and Ianacho on the pitch at the same time, and Okazaki's uh, contribution can't be forgotten about because he's massively important to to the destructive quick break style of play that has served us so well over the last couple of years but you want to start Iheanacho through the middle but you can't do that because Vardy is always going to be the spearhead of the attack and I don't think anybody has quite done the job that Okazaki does uh, wherever they've been tried if you try and drop Slimani off a touch he can't do the same role if you try and drop Iheanacho off a touch he can't do the same role if you try and push Andy King higher he doesn't have the same effect as Shinji Okazaki it's almost like you know the Makaleli role is just in front of the defenders the Okazaki role albeit it's not massively con- uh, contributory in, a, in an attacking sense it allows all the other players around him to to work more more fluidly so that's Selection dilemmas that we don't get paid enough to to deal with because we're not football managers. No, but we can pontificate in the car park at the King Power just like <laughs> 30,000 people. By the way, it's a sellout tonight. Yeah, yeah Um So basically, Okazaki's a, a reverse Makaleli. Yeah, yeah. The, the opposite of Makaleli. But it's still doing it. But I liken it to that because it's kind of a, it's a role that nobody else has been able to fill at Leicester and it's about breaking up the play. It's about providing a body in an area that can quite often be quite gappy gappy is that the uh, the technical term um that's handbook 101 for managers i'm sure it says gappy in there um i i agree but i think there, there is a chance actually tonight and again we haven't seen the team sheet 
we could have Okazaki and Ineacho playing up front. And if you do go back a couple of podcasts, I did say that if Ineacho and, and Okazaki played alongside each other, then Okazaki could be the nine, and Ineacho could be the person who comes deep. And you scoffed it and shot it down. But then Okazaki wouldn't be in the Okazaki role. No, he wouldn't be in the Okazaki role. But I still think that he can. He can obvi- He was brought in as a number nine. He plays number nine for Japan. For Japan, not Japan. Japan. Um, yeah, don't know so, what happened. There. Tonight we're gonna ha- we're gonna see at least Slimani and Orozoa as well. I, I think there's a chance of uh, Inyasho and Okazaki starting, and if that's the case, then it could well be that uh, it would be Okazaki as that number nine, and Inyasho just slightly deeper. Who knows? Who knows, but we will find out. So, I think that sums it up from the car park. And, uh, well, the next time that you'll hear us, it will be after the game. And we'll have a little preview of, well, review of what happened. And also a little preview of the game on Saturday. And, uh, well, up the city. Fingers crossed. Okay, final whistle at the King Power Stadium. And it's Leicester City 2, Liverpool 0. Somehow, not entirely sure how. Well, the first half, Rob, men versus boys, not in it. Absolutely terrible performance. But Okazaki came on, he's just been given man of the match and uh, turned the game and scored the goal. And, and then all of a sudden, some chap ran on the field dressed as Islam Slamani and scored an absolute thunderbolt. Yeah, first half was absolutely nothing to write home about whatsoever. We, uh, when I first showed you the team sheet about an hour before kickoff, you said Land of the Giants, and we said yeah. And Liverpool were uh, notoriously struggling a little bit from set pieces so far this season. So put two six-foot pluses up front. You've got Iboran and Didi who are very physical in midfield, and it, it looked like that's the way we were going to go about trying to beat Liverpool. Very early on in the first half, it was very obvious that that wasn't a tactic that was going to work. The long ball wasn't working. We weren't picking up the first balls, the second, or the third balls. And Liverpool were just playing triangles, almost like a training exercise around us. No changes at half-time, which I was surprised about. Leicester came out with a bit more intensity. Then, a short while into the second half, an injury to Leo Ajoa meant that Okazaki was forced to come on. Shakespeare's hand was forced. He had to make a change. Made a positive change. He made a positive impact. And as you say, he got man of the match. But ultimately, it was a much improved team performance you've got to say yeah absolute dross in the first half you have to admit what it was like on TV at home if you weren't at the King Power watching around the world God only knows but it was dreadful Liverpool played quite well obviously Coutinho in the team very tricky wonderful player how they didn't score a fantastic tackle very early on by Chilwell uh, to stop a certain goal and uh, the, the service was poor to the front too I thought I thought Ajoa was very very poor off, off, the, off the pace Laying the ball off was dreadful. I'll give Slomani a bit of a pass in the first half. He didn't play well at all, but in the first half, the service to him was so poor. But at least, uh, Ajoa had more service. He had more of the ball. The ball was played into his chest. He had more chance to lay the ball off and just didn't when Slomani was trying to pick up scraps. Second half, again, slightly poor in possession, but the goal, an absolute thunderbolt, a, a real rocket. And I think the best thing about the goal is, is when he hit it, he just ran off. He knew instantly. He, he, knew, didn't he? he made good contacts and it flew in the top corner, much to the hilarity actually uh, by a lot of people in the stands. And saw Jamie Vardy actually was laughing, and obviously he'll be happy that they're in the next round. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who starts alongside Vardy. Obviously, that, that's if he's fit. We know he's got a tight groin. Is it is it tight enough to keep him out of Saturday? 
That's true. Apparently he should be okay, says uh, Shakespeare in his press conference yesterday. But um, who will start alongside him? So let's say Vardy is fit. You've got Slomani on the back of that goal, full of confidence. You've got Okazaki on the back of that goal and changing the game and a man of the match trophy, full of confidence. You've got Eniacho who didn't play, but he's a £25 million centre-forward. Who starts alongside Jamie Vardy against Liverpool again on Saturday? Shinji Okazaki for me. I think it has to be. It has to be Okazaki. And, and tell the players, look, tell Slomani you're going to come on for Okazaki after 60 minutes, a la Ajoa, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Um, you're going to be that person. Uh, Damari Gray played well in spells in the second half. Again, in and out of the game, showing what he is. And he is a very promising young player who, in my opinion, is not near the starting lineup. Uh, a bit harsh on uh, Mares and Chowdhury. They were going to come onto the field before Slomani scored. I don't think Mares is, is uh, too unhappy about it. Chowdhury obviously wanted to get on the field. Did jockey around for the last 10 minutes. Added a bit of impetus and a bit of fresh legs in midfield. But ultimately, Leicester through to the fourth round of the Cup. Not entirely sure how, but... Uh, that's Leicester, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. We don't do things easily, do we? We, we all looked at each other and we, we said, well, I said to you, half-time changes. I wasn't asking if there would be any because we all assumed that there would be, be some. We, we, we thought there had to be to change the game for Leicester. Uh, and we were throwing all sorts of different ideas there. How, out of interest, we talked um, in the early part of this podcast about Craig Shakespeare and his substitutions. How long do you think he would have left it before bringing Okazaki on if indeed that would have been his first change because as we say Joa came off it was forced how long would he have waited I like when a manager doesn't make a change at half time I like how he turns around to players and says you've got five minutes or five to seven minutes to show us what you can do you were dreadful in the first half go and and you never know, you could score after five minutes and then you'll stay. I'm going to give you a chance to correct the errors of the first half. Not a lot, ten minutes max. And I think, I can't remember exactly when Nokazaki came on, but uh, it, it, it was only ten minutes or so. If, uh, yeah. And obviously the change was made because Ojo uh, went down and uh, after almost knocking himself out by heading the ball clear, uh, unchallenged from a corner. But um, the, the change was made, but I, I like the fact that he gives the team a chance to go and just try and correct the errors but only give them five to ten minutes uh, and he was going to make a substitution as well like I mentioned Hamza, Chowdhury and, and obviously Maris so yeah I, I've got no qualms about the substitutions absolutely whatsoever and ultimately he was proved exactly right I know he was forced to make the substitution with what's his face with uh, Okazaki coming on but he scored he kept Smarni on the field scored so ultimately you have to say he was proved right I know a lot of people will disagree with the starting lineup but you know, they had a tactic. The tactic was play the two big men, get the ball forward, play it down the line, play it down the wings, get the ball into the area. But the way the game went, it just didn't work out that way. And I have to say, a lot of that was because of the way that Liverpool played, not just because of Leicester. Yes, Leicester were poor, but I think it's a bit of six of one half a dozen of another. Leicester were poor, and they really were, but also Liverpool were good in that first half. Yeah, all Liverpool needed was a goal. Um in the first 20 what they must be thinking well yeah if they if they just scored in the first 20 <laughs> 25 minutes it could easily have been three or four at half time we saw the the boost in intensity and confidence in Leicester as soon as they went one goal to the good if that had happened to Liverpool they'd have gone right we we can we've got these they were creating chance after chance after chance they had all the territory all the possession all they needed was to put the ball in the back of the net and we could have been uh, talking about an entirely different game but 
I mean, we uh, again, I said uh, in the early part of the podcast, is Shakespeare guilty a little bit of trying to set up to get to half-time and, and in, still in the game and see where we are against these so-called top teams? Was was that the plan, or was the plan to, to provide a bit of a battering ram today? Either way, neither of those things, uh, the, the second part of that didn't really work. We got to the to half-time goalless somehow by hook or by crook, and let's be fair to Leicester, some decent defending because Dragovic and Morgan looked excellent alongside each other. Chilwell was uh, very much a contender for man of the match, if not overall in terms of what he put in for the 90, the man of the match. Uh, and Amati went about his business pretty well down the right-hand side. So credit to Leicester's defence, but Liverpool should have should have been away with it at half-time. Yeah, to uh, echo the thoughts about Dragovic, I thought uh, we mentioned actually on commentary just before the end, um, Dragovic, in my opinion, I, I couldn't remember make it, making a mistake which is what you want from a centre-half. I thought he had a very solid game. This is his first game. I think that's quite impressive performance. Uh, Morgan, again, very impressive. Uh, I thought Chilwell, we gave Chilwell man of the match. Uh, Obviously, Okazaki really got it for for Sky, and obviously when he came on the field, uh, changed the game. But I thought Chilwell was excellent. Uh, And the rest of the team grew. Look at the likes of Ibora. First game, first half, just had to sit on the edge of the area, just trying to get a foot in, and they were being... Uh, rings will run around him and, and, and Didi but then as the confidence grew you can see he's a good player um, I, I just still think he would need to be in a midfield three they did actually change to a back three towards the end of the game you're, you're disagreeing they with me they didn't they didn't I'm, they did they put Amati no, in the back three uh, only for around 10 minutes and uh, all Brighton pushed for back for around and, 10 seconds they played with a back three for a while <laughs> I'd, still, I'd still like Leicester to try and play with a back three and uh, maybe Dragovic alongside uh, Maguire and Morgan is the key, and, and that's, that's where you can play uh, the two in midfield uh, defensively and then have uh, a man going forward, maybe Gray, maybe Mares. Mares is down on the field now, just uh, going through a few uh, routines. Chowdhury's just seen some of his family and friends and uh, having a bit of a, a laugh with them. Obviously, they'll be delighted to see him out on the field. And so am I. He's been mentioned around the club for many a year as Hamza Chowdhury. He's been out on loan to a few places, still only a young lad, and uh, I think he's, he's definitely got a, a future in the game. and hopefully here at Leicester, but we're through to the fourth round, Rob, and let's try and get possibly a, 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 a beatable team, at home. well, beatable team, everyone's beatable, but maybe a, a, a League One, or if there is any left, or, or a championship side at home, and let's get further. Fourth round, then through to the fifth round, and once you're in the fifth, then uh, who knows where we'll go. You said if we got knocked out tonight that it'd be a bit of a boring season, because we'd end up finishing mid-table and out of the League Cup early. Still in it? Cup run? Well, Heskey's down on the side of the field with... Uh, the Skylock with the uh, the Carabao Cup, the three-handled League Cup, so he knows what it is, what it's like to win the trophy with Leicester twice. And uh, well, you never know, you never know. So Saturday they've got Liverpool. Um, it's going to be a different Leicester team. It's going to be a different Liverpool team as well. Different different game. I don't think this game is going to have anything on the, on that game. Um, probably Oxley Chamberlain not is not going to start because he was I thought he was very poor today. But uh, Ben Woodburn looks a bit of a player, doesn't he? We know what he's done for Wales. Uh, real talent there but uh, I don't think it's going to have any impact on that game uh, apart from possibly Okazaki starting alongside uh, Vardy which is nothing new obviously he's done that for uh, the best part of two and a half years but uh, well we'll see what happens on Saturday we won't have a podcast before then because obviously we've just done one now in the car park and in the King Power Stadium so we'll be back with you some point in the very near future we'll try and get back on track with weekly podcasts we'll try yeah, it's been a bit awkward at the moment, but uh, yeah, we'll try and get back on track. Hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. It's been a little bit different. Once again, you can get in contact with the show. You know how, through Facebook, through uh, Twitter, at FFSPod. Make sure you uh, 
follow us on Twitter and obviously share the podcast and then on Facebook and also you can email us for fox8podcast at gmail.com so from myself Pete Selby and Rob Hayes live from the King Power Stadium which is pretty empty now apart from the players doing their little warm up routines on the field and obviously Heskey down there with the TV lot with the trophy which hopefully you never know come February Leicester might be lifting and uh, Leicester through to the fourth round of the Carabao Cup the League Cup somehow and we'll be back with the next episode in the very near future so fingers crossed for Saturday eh?